the day that I got back, I think I went straight to the doctors. And then I got the call to say, you've got to come in to speak to us. Let's talk DXB. Real conversations by real people. Lorna, obviously LG <laughs> to me. So we have been friends for eight years or more than eight years, actually. Yeah, I think you're my probably now. one of my longest standing Dubai friends, which is not always normal <laughs> in Dubai, as we know. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I really treasure and value our friendship, actually. Oh, and <laughs> what my only friend, I was trying to think, my only friend that has battled cancer. Yeah. Mm. And as I was like, obviously, I've gone through my own journey this year with divorce and life changing and just all of that trauma that comes with it. And a lot of that time, which I didn't mention in the beginning, I was like, how did Lorna cope with such like a big traumatic change? How did she get through it in Dubai? How did she stay in Dubai? So many questions that I didn't ask you when you went through cancer. Because my own very um, don't like to, you know, share personal things. I didn't know if you'd feel awkward. I wasn't very good at having those types of conversations with friends. So I'm working on having more open, trusted, valuable conversations with trusted friends. And I really just wanted to learn more about that journey. Like I was there, but I felt like I wasn't really in the detail. Like I didn't ask you a lot of stuff. So, yeah, that's why... I brought you into this studio and I know it's very, um, it's, it's, I know for you, it's a big deal. So I'm so grateful for you to do this with me, but we talk a lot and I thought let's, let's touch on this because it was such a big thing for you actually. Yeah. I'm going to go back because I remember when you first told me, so we went for lunch, we went for Mm -hmm. lunch and we were waiting for a taxi 2016 and you just looked at me and you said, I found a lump. And in my head, I was like, play it cool, play it cool. I was like, that's okay. doesn't mean anything. It's fine. I don't know if my face looked that way, but I was just like, (laughs) I have to not act shocked or scared because I could only imagine what that would have felt like for you. But I never asked you, actually, that diagnosis, the process, going to the doctors, did you go alone? I didn't ask any of those questions. So how did you find out? Well, I mean... I'm just, I was sort of chuckling to myself then because you said about, you know, I just blurted out, I've, I found a lump. Cause I think I was finding it hard to sort of, how, how do you break that to somebody, you know? Like, so, yeah. um, so I don't know if your face uh, covered, <laughs> hit, hit your not. kind of shock, but I'm sure mine was saying a few things too. <laughs> um, so yeah, basically I went, well, first of all, so I found the lump after a workout. So okay. I was due to fly to Australia to spend Christmas with my brother. Mm. Um, and my dad and his wife, who were flying out from the UK, we were all going to have a family Christmas together. Right. And that morning I, I thought, well, I'm going to go to the gym and, you know, work off a bit of energy. Yeah. Um, and then it was in the shower after. And I found this sort of like the lump the size of a marble. You know, right. it wasn't something you could really... I don't know how I didn't not find it until that point. Yeah. And I, it still confuses me today. It just felt like it just kind of popped up right. um, out of the blue. And then um, I was, I'm in an hour in what to do, because mm. obviously I'm flying out, you know, what do I do? Um, I called uh, um, another friend and uh, she kind of just said, just go, just go and have fun you know, worry about it when you get back. I'm sure it's nothing. Because I think everybody kind of says, oh, I'm sure it's nothing. Yeah. And um, so I went on holiday and on the flight there, I decided, you know, I'm not going to say anything. I'm right. not going to ruin anyone's Christmas. Just, you know, just have fun. So we did. And then the day that I got back, I think I went straight to the doctors. And then I got the call to say, you've got to come in to speak to us. And but they wouldn't tell you. They don't say anything on the phone. They do don't they? say I hate those anything. Phone calls. I know. I'm like, just tell me what I'm going into. I so know. you had just like like the well, doctor needs to see I you. I tried to push her, and I was like, look, just tell me on the phone. Yeah. Just you know, whatever it is, just tell me. She's like, no, we need to see you. And I thought, right, okay. So well, I then. think I'd already started mentally right. preparing. Although weirdly, I was still in very much denial mm. when I got there. So, um, I my friend uh, took me to the doctors, mm. and. I kind of went in and I don't, I can't remember how I was feeling up until that point. I think I was like kind of okay because I, even though the doctors had insisted that I go in, I think I still 
was very much like it's going to be nothing. It'll right. be something else or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't even my doctor that saw me. It was another doctor that had seen my my diagnosis come in. And while oh. my doctor was on holiday, she decided to give me the diagnosis. So, oh, that so it was, was a kind bit of a stranger then, it in was, a way. It was yeah. yeah, it was really strange. And um, and and you know when you see on a movie. And somebody's kind of delivering bad news, mm. but all you can hear—it's like you're underwater, or, yeah. or you could just hear this kind of, you know, this you don't kind of hear the words, yeah. And 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 then at the end, she kind of just looked at me as if to say, "Have you just heard anything I've said?" And then I was like, "I'm sorry, I th- are you telling me I've got cancer?" She, yes, that's exactly what I'm telling you, Lorna. Whoa! And uh, and then I just from I just went into shock. I just stared into space and then I think the the tears started coming and then she asked her nurse to take me out into the waiting room and then I was just left there and uh, I I didn't have it in me to kind of say what am I waiting for or what's next or anything I was just in complete and utter shock and emotional Um, my other friend who had driven me to the surgery, he was in another waiting room outside. And I think at that point I kind of forgotten that he was even there because I I was just trying to work out what's going on. And then there was this lovely lady who was in the waiting room and she'd clearly broken her arm, but somehow managed to hug me anyway. Really? Yeah, it was really just a complete stranger. And I I wish I'd taken her details because I really would love to thank her because I needed that hug in that moment. 100%. and yeah, and that was it. And that was the start of my journey. So I didn't know any of this. Like I'm, like, <laughs> I'm trying not to well up because I was like, that is crazy. Yeah. 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 Because I always thought like, how did you cope with that? But it does become a blur, doesn't it? You're like, I didn't hear it. And then you kind of forget what happened in that that kind of moment because it's such a shock. Yeah, you do. But then I, I we, so on the way home, we phoned my mum and um and she, one of our friends, very kindly sort of put her on a flight. Yeah. And within 24 hours, she was sat on my balcony with me. Um, and I think that first day waiting for her to arrive, I, I think I went, I, I mean, you were there. We had some of our other yeah. friends there. Yeah. Um, and it was really funny because I'd walk past somebody and they'd just give me a random hug because they didn't know what to say or clasp my hand or just, are you okay? or something. But there was nothing you could say that was going to make the change yes. the mood in that. The energy, yeah. I remember that. Everyone was just like silent, but not, but trying to make conversation. It was really but it was weird. really weird. Yeah, yeah, because what do you do? Yeah. Like, and I think for me, it was like, it's really happening. Mm. Well, so if I felt that, I could only imagine you. Yeah. It's- yeah, I think I sat there all day sort of thinking this isn't this isn't happening you know they're going to phone me up in a minute I was actually adamant they were going to phone me up and tell me that they've got my records muddled with someone else like I really thought this is just I'm going to wake up soon and this is going to all be over like this can't be happening yeah um but it's weird because then I slept on it um and when I woke up the next morning went to get my mum at the airport and I was very matter of fact about it I think I just kind of accepted it that okay I've woken up somebody hasn't phoned me and told me it's all a dream um you know and I've just got to get on with it really and that is a very strong I've mindset gotta do yeah so then okay your diagnosis you, you've kind of like this is it then how did you work through the process of treatment because I remember you used to tell me about the sessions that you had I never went to any of them and actually honestly I think I was too scared to I intentionally didn't yeah. Because you'd tell me what you had to face. And I was like, I don't know if I could see Lorna like this. I don't know what I would do in that room when you're going through that. So I intentionally, yeah. yes, the first time I said it out loud, I think I was just too scared, which is a bit cowardish because you're the one that's going through it. But I didn't know. Oh, I don't know. Well, I just was not too really, because um, I actually have said all along that I think it's harder for the people looking in than it is the person going through it. Mm. In some respect, in my in my case, mm. not I can't say that yeah. for everybody, but for, you know, I think because you you get pushed through the motions, right? It's like go for this test, right. go for this scan, go for this blood test, go for the you know. So you you kind of just do what you're told yeah. across, uh, through the whole yeah. thing, whereas everyone else just looks on, feeling helpless, and you know, mm. just they just feel lost. They don't know what they can do. They, well, there is nothing they can do yeah. to take it away from you or to help you yeah. through it. So. I don't I don't blame anyone that didn't come you Mm. know like it's 
and it, uh, you know my friend from the UK my best friend she she came and I know for a fact she found it really hard right. she, she's never told me but I could you just could see, see it on her face she was just really just yeah I think it really broke her heart so it is hard and also I chose to wear that really stupid cold cap as well which made me look like a real <laughs> let's uh, talk through the cold cap treatment because you used to tell me this I'm like how does anyone sit there and wear that so when you found out did yeah. they give you options or was it like this is what you have to do no they didn't actually it was only ah. because I'd done some research online because one of the things that terrified me more yeah than anything having the chemo didn't terrify me weirdly ah, I thought that's what you were going to say actually. no it was losing my hair that, really yep I was obsessed I was absolutely you, you know my mum kept saying Lorna, your hair's going to grow back and I was like yeah but some people's grow, grow back curly some some grows back grey some grow you know like, and so I was constantly like yeah. that's that was my focal that's where I put all my energy that's right. where I was really worried um so through through that I found out that there's this thing called a cold cap so then right. I asked the doctor about it one day and he said well we have got one ah. but nobody ever gets through the first session and I was like right you haven't met me yet because I'm really stubborn That's so I'm going to prove to you, you. Yeah. <laughs> you're like I can oh so they never told you about this no okay. no and a, a previous patient had bought it and then she donated it to the hospital when she got through it. So, so it was quite rare at the time. It was in quite terms rare. Of that type I don't know treatment. now. I don't know how it is now. But oh, I yeah. didn't know that. I thought it was like they gave you options and you decided to go for that no. one. Wow. No. So, so you did that first. So what was yeah? So you decided on that, and then what was that first session like? Oh well, I used to spend about two days thawing out afterwards because Gosh. it was literally because I was just so cold. But I was determined. I was wearing it for every single eight of the sessions. Eight so, sessions. Yeah. So what was the temperature of that cold cap that you put on? I think they told me it was minus three or something. Minus three. I think yeah, from memory. Yeah, it was really cold. So well, they put it on and then it, they put this machine on and you can just literally hear it go and cr and, and sort of uh, crush like ice. It's my goodness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and so you just go to a hospital, go to a room in a chair, and then you're just sitting there with the cap on. Yeah, just wrapped in loads and loads, loads of and loads of blankets because it was so cold. And you did eight of those sessions. Yeah, yeah. So once you'd gone through that, was that pretty much then we assess how it's worked, how it hasn't worked? What other things did you need to consider during that treatment process? So. After I'd finished the treatment, yeah. that the, it had shrunk. The chemo had shrunk my tumor from I think twelve millimeters to five. Oh right, okay. So yeah. which meant that the operation to for the lumpectomy was going to be a lot simpler, or not necessarily simpler, but they would have to cut less away. Okay, so that was really smaller. good. I okay, mean, so they, they still have to take an extra margin just to be on the safe right. side, but they got everything out. So that was really good. I had 13 lymph nodes removed as oh, well. Right. Okay. Um, and that was the problem, you see. So it was spreading quite quickly and it had started to go into my lymph nodes. So that's why they had to act really quickly. Got it. Okay. And then that surgery, I do remember it, but that surgery, how long was that? And how long were you in hospital for? So well, I was actually home quite quickly. I think I yeah. stayed in hospital for a couple of days. Um, and yeah, and then just came home. And yeah. I obviously had the the kind of um, sort of valve thing. That, that was, was it. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. 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 That was kind of just sort of like releasing any excess right. liquids and stuff. So okay. I had that. Um, I forgot about that, actually. Yeah, because I remember coming to your house and we were talking about the valve. Yeah. 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 Gosh, it's a lot, LG. Yeah. It is a lot. Yeah. And then you decided to, because you were doing a lot of research then, which I think is fantastic. You decided to try like alternative treatments. So you'd gone through chemo, you'd done the surgery. Yeah. After the surgery, did you have to do anything else? Uh, 30 days of radiotherapy. That, yeah. Okay. And how was that? I mean... It's a breeze in the park compared okay. to compared the, to the side effects and everything from the chemo, but it just makes you really tired and it kind of makes your skin look like it's severely sunburned or something, right. but it doesn't necessarily hurt. It's just really dry okay. in the area. Um, but yeah, it just, it, it, you just basically just go. Right. They have to position you in the exact same place. So they put these little like kind of tattoo markers uh. on you. So they have to put you in exactly the same place to target the same area over and over again right. every th for 30 days. Yeah. Um, so I couldn't wait for that to be over. But um, yeah. That was that. And yeah. then you started to research alternative 
options in terms of treatment. So what made you decide to do that? Um, and what treatment, yeah, what, what route did you go down after that? Well, I was, I, I'd already started with the alternative stuff while oh. I was doing the chemo. So oh, I didn't know that. The, the doctors advised me against it. Um, oh, did they? Yeah, oh. because they, they felt like it was going to contradict the chemo in some right. way. Um, but I felt that obviously my immune system was mm. at an all-time low at yeah. that point. So I needed stuff. So they didn't really... Well, I say they didn't agree with it. I don't think they really... I don't think I told them that I was taking it. <laughs> Doing it anyway. <laughs> so I started that. And then it kind of just... It just opened up a can of worms. Right. So, it, it, you know, you start with one thing and then you learn another thing and another thing and another thing. And all of a sudden I just realised that one day I just literally had turned my whole entire life around so everything that I did and everything that I was before I changed and like literally and I think that's always the thing because obviously we came I think you came a bit before me to Dubai yeah Yeah, I'm coming up to 10 years you yeah probably would have done just a bit more and obviously new to Dubai we used to go out a lot we used to socialize a lot and you're still social and but it's literally like I felt this was not overnight because it's a journey and it's actually the journey that you've gone through that has brought you here yeah. doing fantastic things for yourself yeah. and for others and we'll talk about that <laughs> but like it was you could just tell you were focused you're like if this is the route that's going to help me yeah. then this is the route I'm going down and you invested everything that you needed to and I thought that was fantastic yeah it kind of is but at some points I wish that I'd never started because right. it's kind of like once you know stuff you can't not know it yeah. so sometimes I just think god I wish I didn't know that and then I could just relax a bit instead of constantly thinking that's toxic or you know that's yeah. bad for me or you know yeah. and just and just kind of let go but once you know it it's really hard like and then as I said you know like it's I think it started with diet because I cut certain foods yeah. out of my diet that feed cancer then then it went on to you know beauty products and um kitchen pots cleaning and pans, products I remember you telling products. me yeah you yeah. know it, it just kind of spiraled and I it, it does actually also put you know worry some people as well I don't think like you know some people spiral in different ways when they go through such a life-changing yeah. thing or they give up yeah instantly yeah I think I remember you mentioned you're like when you found out about cancer you never thought that you were going to die and no. most people that go them when they hear those words are like oh gosh I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die. Yeah. It, which is very normal because it's such a big deal yeah but you went into like okay I'm gonna get through this and how do I get through it and what changes do I make in my life and yeah it was just like it was amazing it was, it was amazing it's weird really I mean I, I remember my mum saying to me I can't remember what in what situation it was, but I remember her saying to me, you know, you do realise... Oh, I know, it was because I was pushing myself to still work and still go to the gym. Yeah, I was going to ask and about that. And mm. a couple of days after chemo, I'd be like, right, I'm going to the gym, I'll be hobbling off. And she'd be like, are you... Are you, you can't go to the gym, you've got to rest. The yeah. doctor told you to rest. And I was like, no, I'm going to the gym. And so... And I think that's when she sort of said to me, you do know that you've actually got cancer, don't mm. you? And you need to listen to the doctors. You, you haven't got flu. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I know. You know, but to me, it was just, I, I, I think it, it was just, I just didn't want it to, to, to control me. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I, I wasn't going to let that yep. take yeah. over. You know, it was like, you can just sit at the side there. I'll sort of like, I'll deal with you in time kind of thing. Yeah, like I'm getting on with my life. <laughs> yeah. But that takes a certain type of like mindset and person. Like I've always, from the times, that, the years that I've known you, I've always known that you've got this quite willing driven mindset when you put your mind to it regardless some people but, might call it stubborn Sharon but well, yeah <laughs> yeah maybe I'm being polite but I feel like in a, this was in a yeah. good way I do yeah. there's no negative around it you know yeah. like I felt like you you pushed yourself to be able to get through such yeah. a life-changing season yeah. this is why I'm always sitting there like when I'm there crying like oh my gosh my life has changed my marriage is over I'm a single mum I'm just like LG like how she got through that process but I think I think I did obviously go through that day of that initial day of like oh my god how's this happening to me mm, and whatever and, and I yeah and I think there were times definitely throughout it that yeah. I was like I, I I think I was in in a taxi with my mum I remember going down Shakeside Road and sort of like just being really anxious I think that was the day of my operation right of um course. So it wasn't all like yeah. positivity, but yeah, I, I there, there was a lady that went through it a couple of years before me as right. well that I worked with and she just 
stunned me right. you know like, Same, I, like I, yeah I was just amazed at her strength and I suppose she probably really inspired me mm -hmm. as well because I was like you know I'm just going to be like her I'm just going to get through this yeah. you know and get through it with positivity because it doesn't really s sit in there yeah yeah sort of going over and over it and thinking what you know what if I'd lived my life differently or whatever it wasn't really gonna yeah help I uh, guess in yeah, a way yeah, yeah yeah I get it yeah Although, so, like, you go through those motions, but I think it's the majority of where your mindset and your energy goes. Yeah. That is a testament of how you kind of went through that because, uh, yeah. yeah, that was impressive. <laughs> I always still think, I'm like, how does she manage? But, yeah, you I don't did even it. know myself sometimes, actually. Now we're talking yeah, about it again. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a going back in time. And then what about side effects? Because I remember you told me a story when you, you decided to shave your hair because your hair was falling mm. out. So, And I know that was one of your biggest fears, like hair loss. And so do you remember that time? Oh, like, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, one of our friends came with me uh, to the to the stylist and he knew I'd already texted right. him ahead of time. And oh, you said, did? Okay. This is what I'm doing today. And bless him, he booked me a room out the back. So oh, yeah. That, um, because I think he knew that it was going to be emotional. Yep. But actually, and I, I did cry. I'm not going to lie. But I did. Normal. But I actually really liked the skinhead. When, when I, I feel like, done. I know it's like silly. And I was not going to say it at the time because you know, everyone's going to say whatever they feel yeah. like to me. You're probably like, oh, you're just saying that. But yeah. you always rock short hair. I've only known you with short hair. I mean, when we were coming into the studio, like you used to have really long hair. I was like, I can't imagine yeah. you with long hair. You rocked that look. And I think you're just blessed that you've got the features where you could shave your hair and still look fantastic. You might not have felt it at the time, but I liked that. I liked it. Yeah. I know the reasons behind it were, you know, that's the upsetting part, but yeah. you've always done well with short hair. Yeah. So at least that was a blessing. Yeah, I was I was quite comfortable with it once I'd done it. And then I was like, oh, what was I stressing about? But I think, yeah, that, that was... I think the the most traumatic part of the hair for me mm. was when it started to fall out. It was everywhere, oh, all right. over the floor, everywhere. It was just a trail and it was all over my shoulders. It just, it was nonstop. It's, and I, yeah. you know, I didn't know where it was coming from because I still had quite a lot on my head, but it was just coming out. <laughs> As I said, you've we've always had a good head of hair anyways. Yeah. That's so, scary to see. And yeah, yeah. And then, you know, waking up in the morning and there'd just be hair all over the pillow. And I just thought, oh, it's got to go. It's got to go. Like the, mm. But the cold cap, I think, rescued half of it. Okay. You know, so I think it was a lot thinner. But right. when I shaved it all off, you couldn't really see. No. So, like it wasn't patchy or anything like that, no, was it really? No, not really. I can't not really. Yeah. So that was um, one of the main side effects. What else did you, if you want to share? Did you kind of experience? So nausea is absolutely vile, oh. you know, like it's really horrible. Wow. And, you know, you know that you're losing weight. You can't really, you know, well, I, I sort of couldn't afford really to lose too slim. much You've weight. You've always been slim, yeah. Um, but at the same time, I couldn't eat. I remember my mum, she... I, she uh, she um, just made nonstop soup. The freezer was stocked. <laughs> Nobody was eating it. I couldn't eat you it because I eat felt it. sick. Yeah. I still can't really eat soup to this day because right. she made so much of it. <laughs> and um, and but I think it was just her way of just I've got to do something, yeah. you know. Yeah. So um, and she just kept desperately trying to make me eat this soup, and I was like, no. Um, uh, yeah. So that was bad. Um, after the second one, I had like a four day migraine. All right. Four days. Oh, it was, oh, it was evil. Can evil. You, could you take anything during that? Like, are you, was you allowed to take like pain? Uh, at, that, at that point in time, I did. Right. I don't take medication now. Yes, I yeah, don't think right. I've, I've probably taken like two paracetamols in seven years. Or really? Something. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, at the time I think I did, I was, yeah. but I was just necking them if I remember rightly and nothing was touching nothing the was sides. Working. It was just horrible. Wow. But I guess that it's just shows how body. toxic the chemo is. So Yeah, it's a lot on the body. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I didn't know a lot of this stuff. I'm just sitting here like, like wow. There were some other side effects, but I'm not really going to share those That's here right. today. But, we'll um, turn off the camera and you can tell me about those. <laughs> but that is so much. And then how did you feel in yourself? Like, you know, as a woman, when you go through stuff and like, just, I don't know, like, how did you feel? I felt really ugly um I just hated looking at myself in the mirror because I think you know once one I think I could have handled losing the hair but when the eyebrows go as well right 
Yeah, you know, that changes yeah. your it whole, whole yeah, features. Big, yeah. So, and drawing them on isn't like something just, that yeah. I... You've never had to do I, either. Well, I've so never had to do it and yeah. I, you know, I just... Didn't want to. Yeah. Um, I did try these tattoo ones, but they yeah. were just no. awful. So I just, like, <laughs> I really regretted that. Um, uh, but yeah, I think I just felt... I think that the trouble is the chemo, it's not the cancer, it's the chemo. This is what you were saying. Strips yeah. everything from you, yep. you know, from your from the way that you look to the way that you present yourself mm. to the way that you feel, your confidence, your everything. It just strips you. Um, and so I really, really do empathise with anybody going through it. Yeah. Because I think unless you've been through it, it really is quite hard to understand because like yeah. I said, the lady that went through it a couple of years before me at work, um, obviously I empathised with her, but I didn't get it. Even now sitting here, like I, as a woman, I get it. You know, you have your old days where you're like, oh, I feel awful, whatever. But like, do, because your body's physically going through such yeah. a, an adjustment and yeah, that must've been so hard for you to just feel confident in yourself. And yeah, even that has its own emotional strain, right? Yeah, it does. It does. I mean, but sadly, so many people go through it now. That's true. That it's almost, I don't want to say normalised, mm. but, you know, I don't think people that are going through it really get a great yeah. deal of recognition for what they're going through yep. because there's so many people that are suffering now with Unfortunately. it. And that's the problem. Yeah. So. No one would fully understand. But yeah, these were the, type, the types of questions that like, I wish I asked because I was like, that's such an adjustment. You're losing your hair. And as much as everyone, you rocked it and you looked great. But like mentally, that's a blow. Like seeing your hair falling out on the floor, like your eyebrows going, like all of that just knocks you as a yeah. woman. But yeah, I just did so well. <laughs> you did so well. I'm in a daze because I'm just like, wow. And then... Saying that, in this process, you also, but you also found love or dated. And I was like, whoa, go LG. And do you know what? A big part of me, because I remember you asking me about this when you, I think when you first met this, uh, the guy. Yeah. I was like, you know, sometimes God brings into your life someone for whatever reason. If it was companionship, if it was just to make you feel better, make you yeah. feel like, you know, a woman and feel special. But I was so proud that you didn't give up. In that time, because a lot of people would just be like, no, just no, don't want to obviously don't want to date or whatever. Yeah. But you still tried to like have an element of like living your life through that time. Yeah, I did. It was it was it was quite um, it was very unexpected, yeah, to be course. honest. Yeah. So I think if I if I remember rightly, um, I got a message mm -hmm. from an old dating site that I hadn't right. used for ages yeah. And how I'd, random is that though as well? Really like, it's not random. like you're actively like, yeah, okay. Yeah. And um I, I just had my that was that was the after the second chemo and I got it. I was in bed with a migraine. Um and I just got this kind of random message and just kind of went, Oh yeah, hi, and you know, just it just chatted and then sort of like, do you know, do you want to go out and get coffee? And I was like, No. <laughs> um and then it, it kept going on yeah. for a few days, and I think he thought that I was not really interested. And then I, I was trying not to tell him because I thought I don't want to say, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't really want to come out this whole, you know, oh, yes, yeah, sort yeah. Of, make it sound like a sub story or anything or an excuse or whatever. Yep. Um, but eventually he, he sort of, I think felt like I, I just wasn't interested right. in meeting. So I sort of said, look, this is what's going on. Mm. And he was like, oh my God, you know, do you want, you know, can I help? Is there anything you need? And it was really, really Could good. And then I, I think on day five or six, whenever I felt better, um, we just went out for like a, a slow walk and, you know, I was sort of feeling really weak mm. and really sort of a bit. Um, and we just became friends and, yeah. you know, and then yeah. just, he was just there from that minute onwards, you know, um, through my chemo. And I remember him coming around one day and sort of saying, he was he was actually planning on moving away just right, as we met. Okay. Um, and yeah, and then he he just sort of said, "I'm not going. I'm gonna. I don't. You know, I don't know what will happen. Mm -hmm. But between us, but I I feel like I need to stay here and 
help you through this. And he did. And he came to every chemo, sat there for hours, bored out of his brain. Um, <laughs> but was there. Yeah, yeah. And he's actually really into health as well and nutrition. Oh, I didn't know that, so, actually, yeah. So he he actually really helped guide me in a lot of ways. Right. So uh, he was constantly like sending me stuff, sharing information with me. And so it really felt like I had yeah. somebody... That support that not yeah. only supported me from an emotional standpoint, but obviously, you know, yeah. really got what I was trying to do yes. and where I was trying to go. Yeah. So that really helped as well. Yeah. Could you imagine? Yeah. It just gives hope that there are decent yeah. people out there because obviously, naturally, yeah. most people are like, oh, well, some people would probably like, sorry, I can't deal with it, which yeah. is fine. But for him to be consistent and that, I just kept on smiling through that because I was like, at such a challenging time, it was just so nice for you to have that companionship yeah. and someone really invested. Yeah. Because, you know, you get people, you could date someone they might turn up to one chemo and then disappear you didn't want to have that type of drama well I think that's what my mum was worried about yeah. but then eventually like my family will always be so grateful to him because they obviously my brother one brother was in Australia yeah. my other one and my parents were in they weren't here the UK so yeah. I think that kind of just alleviated them from a little bit yeah. of you know sort of uh pressure or whatever um but yeah I mean he's he's amazing I mean yeah. you know he he really did just sort of get me through yeah. on so many levels yeah. so yeah that's that that was the kind of the nice part of that process because that was quite early into obviously you doing your treatment as well Very and to have nice. someone so consistent and just yeah. a companionship and also yeah. it just gives you that confidence because we're talking about obviously being a female going through that but still being desired by someone and having someone complimenting you that makes a difference during such a difficult time yeah, yeah. I did give him a get out clause I did say to him I remember you told me that yeah, yeah. I was like you do know this is probably going to get quite grim like because Obviously, you know, what you see people through. on movies yep. going through cancer that are being sick. And also, that's luckily, you know, touch wood, I wasn't uh, physically sick. I just felt sick yeah. a lot of the time. But, um, yeah, I did say to him, you know, that you do know that this is going to get quite grim. And he was like, I don't care, you know. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he didn't. And he was there. And he yeah. was consistent. So, yeah. yeah, that was fantastic. One question I had, because like we said, a lot of your family are in the UK, your brother's outside of Dubai. Because I had this a lot. When I first got divorced, obviously I'm here by myself with my son and everyone's like, just go home. Mm -hmm. Just go home. You have your family there. Go home. I'm playing in it like day by day. But at the moment, I still feel OK here. Yeah. Touch wood. But I'm sure because I think I asked you that as well. I was like, are you not going to go home? Yeah. Like, you're going to stay in Dubai. But what made you decide to stay? Because it was such a... Obviously, your mum came for a bit and we were here. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's not the same, right? As having like your family around but you fought through it in Dubai what made you decide to do that yeah there was a few reasons really um I feel like Dubai is my home yeah you know it's I've been, been a long time yeah 10 years now yeah. so or at the time seven yes six or seven years yeah six years I think at the time um and I feel like the treatment is a lot more advanced here mm. as well mm. but also my mum worked um or works for the nhs and i think she told me that <sighs> i think at the wait the wait time at that point in time was either 62 or 92 days really i can't remember yeah it was a long time for chemo to start no yeah just to, to start chemo from the day of your diagnosis to your first day so of treatment. what do you do whilst you're waiting and I think it's even worse now. Because it's <laughs> so, so if your cancer's that aggressive, yeah. you need to move quickly, right? Yeah. Yeah, no. Gosh. So, and and I got diagnosed. I actually spent a little bit longer. I could have got treatment a lot quicker because mm. I went to two or three different doctors Which to is, get different. Yeah, it's good. To get, just to make sure that. Yeah, it was <laughs> cancer. They really, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> so if I hadn't have done that, I probably would have got seen a lot quicker. But I think I got diagnosed in the first sort of week a week or two of January and I was having my first chemo by the 9th of February. Really? We're so grateful for that here though, to be fair, in yeah. terms of like the care and the treatment. So that yeah. completely made sense because yeah. you knew that you could get the treatment a lot quicker because yeah. even waiting through that process, could you imagine sitting there waiting for your first chemo? I, I, for like, honestly, no, I don't. I, wow. I, was, I was thinking about a lot of people during COVID when they couldn't get to the hospital to have their treatment. So, you know, I, I just kept thinking, you know, God, what, you know, yeah. it's terrifying yeah. when you can get access to the hospital. Yep. So imagine how that must have during been for them. Yeah. 
Yeah. So obviously the medical care, which is, yeah, which is definitely uh, completely made sense. And then just because you've been in Dubai for so long. But also I wanted to continue working. So Mm. I was adamant and my boss Mm. would have let me work from the UK. I know he would have done, but um, I I just, yeah, I I don't know. I just felt like I had to be here. That's good. Yeah. So... But it was like I could tell you were definitely happy, not like happy in the process, but comfortable being here. Yeah. So I think once you've, you know, once you know that you can get through it and you've yeah. got the right level of support, then why not? Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely. And, and the medical that. system is so much more advanced. Oh my here. gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, it's proof actually, because yeah, like you said, your treatment happened really quickly. Yeah. And you yeah. had the option of a cold cap, although maybe limited at the time, but you were able to do that. Yeah. So you've gone through all of that. I remember it now. So clearly you've gone through all of that. You you dated through it. You found a really decent guy to help you through. Your mum was here. Friends. I feel like I did probably not enough. Like, I don't know. I'm really reflecting. I felt like I could have done more in terms of having more open conversations to really check how you're doing. Because there's the physical sense, but there's also like the mental well-being and I don't know if there was a process where you actually start did you start therapy during cancer was it way after um after okay yeah at what point did you start like the therapy side um so I started it's not I I wouldn't say it's therapy as in talking therapy um I didn't really do that The, the hospital did um suggest a couple of groups oh, cancer they? groups in Dubai the yeah. whatsapp groups that you can join women going through the same okay. thing but I wasn't really into that right um and I'm not really into um ask I, I I'm not the sort of person that asks for help or yes. expects help either yep. so just going back to your point where you felt like you didn't do enough you absolutely did because I know that you'd be there mm. if I asked you yeah okay. um so I, I, you know, I'm not the sort of person that that's why this today was quite awkward for I know, me. Because I know, it's a big deal for you. I know, yeah. <laughs> because I'm not the sort of person, I didn't post anything, anything. on social media. I'm, I'm not that sort of person. So, um, you know, I, yeah, I, I don't. I know you, you're feeling like I don't want people to feel sorry for me or that I'm yes. making it into a big deal yes. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I know that's what exactly you're like. it. Yeah. So, but I have done emotional healings, okay. so uh, or clearings, should I say, emotional clearings. So basically, it's quite interesting. Mm-hmm. So when you um, when you go through various situations in yeah. life, um, it can be severe trauma, mm-hmm. it, even small things. We tend to harbour those feelings in our body, yeah. and when that sits in your body and it stays in your body for a long time it can cause quite a lot of damage um and so I have done a lot of emotional clearing um and when we started I was in sort of almost like it, it was it was actually really painful because the 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 particular treatment that this yeah. lady does um it's like a really gentle massage but it felt like she'd like mm. almost put like barbed wire around my arm I was Whoa. screaming in pain um and that was on my right side but interestingly doctors oft- always ask me what side was your cancer on because the left is your feminine side and the right is your masculine side ah. so my cancer was on my left but all of my um, blockages from all of my sort of past relationships and whatever had been stored in my right side and that's where your pain and that's where the pain was coming from so uh, but it was crazy yeah yeah so I've done a lot of that stuff Mm. um obviously meditation breath work Mm. um and uh yoga for a Mm. period of time I haven't done yoga for a while now actually but um but yeah just trying to do everything that kind of keeps me centre and grounded. Yeah, and, which is so important because we forget yeah. about like the mental, and like you said, the trauma that builds up over years, like, and it just festers in different ways. But I guess you go into, I'm very much a go into survival mode and block out, just block it out and just get on with it, which I did when my my dad passed away, just 
went into like new job, just gonna I remember. work. Yeah, I remember. You were looking at me like, "Are you okay?" I was like, "Yeah, fine." But obviously, when the divorce happened, I was like, "I have to heal," and probably yeah. not even just about the divorce, but even maybe grieving my dad and whatever else has happened in life. Yeah. So it's interesting that you say that because it does fester, and yeah. it does. And I, I think you, I think you get in a habit of suppressing it, and Massively. and you, I, and I think. If I'm really honest, I didn't even know that. I, I, and I think this probably is is many people out there that, you know, I don't think you realise. I think you think you think you might have moved on and yes. and got rid of it and dealt with it, yep. whatever. But you haven't, yep. and, and it just it stays in you and it weighs you down. And so when I walked out of my first emotional clearing, I just felt as light as a feather. I can imagine, but I had black panda eyes where I'd sort of like been sobbing my heart out but you know I felt good um uh so yeah yeah and that leads me into more now because what I'm seeing in you and the transformation and the lifestyle change and actually I feel like you've found your passion if I can say that from the outside like you've completely turned in what was such a difficult time, a scary time, a draining, emotional, all the things that come with finding out you've got cancer and then having to battle it into a whole life-changing Lorna. But you've really just focused on your well-being, your mental health and educating yourself mm. on it as well. So what does that look like now? Like, could you say that cancer's kind of helped you to discover, you know, what you truly enjoy and your passion? I don't know if that's... No, right no, words. it's actually you've, 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 it's spot on because I, and, and some people look at me like I'm crazy sometimes <laughs> when, when I say I'm actually truly grateful for my cancer. Like I really because am. It, wow. Because it taught me so much. There, there was a, so after my, after my mm. treatment, I went to a detox retreat in Thailand oh, yeah, that specializes in cancer. Mm. And, I uh, there was a there was a docu series called The Truth About Cancer. Okay. So I watched that, and there was a doctor on there, Doctor Lodi, mm. and I watched a lot of his YouTube clips. And one thing really resonated with me, and he said, "Cancer isn't there to kill you. Cancer's there to warn you mm. that if you don't change your lifestyle, then something drastic will happen." Wow. It's like the last warning sign. There's already been loads of warning right. signs up until that point, but you've obviously ignored them. This is the last time. And then I thought about it and I was like, I like that. Yeah. I, I'm going to work with that okay. I, because I actually believe that as well, yeah. you know. And um, I went to his clinic. In, in Oh, it was his clinic? It, well, he, yeah, it's his it's his clinic. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. that. Okay. Uh, where he, he kind of uh, supports he, he sort of cancer patients. Oh. They, they see other people as well, yeah. but their primary focus is cancer. Um, and I went there and I did a whole load of um, wow. treatments that were really, you know, good for boosting yeah. the immune system and stuff. I walked in there and honestly, I was struggling up until that point, even to remember four or five letter words. Really? Like, I, I just, yeah, I, I just felt... There was just so much toxicity circling circling around in my brain from the chemo. So even memory, like it affected oh, like it your was memory. Terrible, oh, terrible. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, but then I walked out of there like sixteen days later after just juicing for sixteen days and doing all these treatments and I felt like I could take on the world. Fantastic. And then I was like, This, this is it. This is this is yeah. this is what I want to do. That's why mm. I was like, Oh, there's something here. Lorna's definitely found Yeah, what she I, th- wants I to think do. that's why why I was really grateful for the cancer because, you know, it showed me um that my life needed to change. Right. Um it showed me that I've actually, where I've got a passion in yeah. something, because up until then I hadn't really had much of a passion right. or a desire to want to do or be anything. Yeah. So, um, and then also, you know, how many people I had around me when I was sick, just how much people loved me and, you know, wanted to support me, um, how, how incredible my work were, because, you know, they just literally were amazing. Yeah. Um, there were so many things. I, mean, I actually wrote in my blog, you know, all the things that I was grateful for and sort of reflecting back now, but um, I can't remember all of them, but there was a lot, a lot more than what I've just shared with you. I imagine you can even take the time out during that time to think of the positives, right? Because yeah. it's very easy to go into a dark place and yeah. why me and it's hard. and But you're spinning this into like, what am I grateful for? Yeah. Which just makes a difference. 
a huge difference. Well, I think that was probably part of the how I healed so quickly mm. from it as well. Um, because I was basically like, I'm never going through this again yeah. and yeah. I'm gonna I'll be grateful for teaching me yeah. what you taught me, but you're never coming back into my <laughs> body. <me> alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and look at you, you look you you're doing great. You look yeah. fantastic. Oh, so what is it that you've studied? I mean, I've done a couple of classes. I'm it, I'm just coming to the end of my breath yep. work course because yep. I really want to help people rec- because you can basically use breath work for almost anything, right? Yeah. And it it just has such a phenomenal effect mm. on you know the people that we that practice it and it for me, it was the turning point. I obviously was so grateful. I have an amazing friend that is studying this and you <laughs> did that on me. Obviously, we did a session. Yeah. Uh, I kind of, I still can't articulate what had happened during that kind of breathwork session. And yeah. it was literally you talking me through yeah. breathing exercises, what obviously thought of mine during that time, releasing. I was crying. I cried during that. Obviously, I've been through a lot of trauma, divorce, yeah. grief, lots of stuff that's pent up and I was literally like floating yeah it's such a powerful thing yeah so and it's it's what we take for granted we just don't use it in the right way yeah massively I was just like what just happened it's an amazing thing that you're doing and that you're studying and you did it so well in terms of taking I've never done it before so I was like oh I don't know what I'll feel I don't know if I'll feel anything yeah but yeah you did that session was amazing and is this something that you want to ideally evolve into something oh yeah yeah Yeah. I definitely want to do it it, I've got to spread this like it is so important to me that people experience it because it is so powerful yeah um yeah it's definitely something I'm gonna be uh pursuing as a side as a side well uh, I support you I'm definitely here to kind of yeah help you through any of those assessments because it actually helped me you know there's people that wouldn't know anxiety is such an awful thing if you don't know how to kind of manage it oh it's so heavy it's scary like and just having the right techniques can just help to kind of go through that so I'm very grateful I have an amazing friend <laughs> that can also kind of walk me through, you know, finding ways to deal with it. I'm so proud of you because not many people can come out the other side, even have a conversation about it like you have. And also a positive one yeah. to actually show like how something so traumatic has transformed you for the better. Yeah. It, it really has. Yeah, you know. massively. Yeah. And then in that as well, because I never asked you this. I still haven't asked you for a long time because I always get scared like... Oh, I don't want to bring up like cancer again because you, you know, you're doing so well and you found, but do you have to do regular checks still? What? Yeah, well, I do. Yeah. I think I'll always do them. That's all, even that's part even of if it. the doctors kind of said to me at some point, you don't need to do it anymore, right. I would always do okay. it for my own peace of mind. Yep. But um, I, so for every, I had to have checks every six mm. months for the first five years. Yep. And now I'm over that. I can do them every okay. year. Okay. But I'm thinking to still do them every six months okay. because just really for my own peace of mind. Because so you still get I, a bit anxious I, about it. Yeah. Which is normal if that is yeah. the case. Yeah, I suppose I do. Like I think the longer you leave it, like if say for example, if if I tested every December and right. like March I started to get something, then that's nine months for it yeah. to progress, it's just right? Knowing, so isn't it? I think I think, you know, regular checkups are best. I don't I've, I haven't been to a conventional doctor for seven years. So right. I do everything through alternative naturopathic yeah. doctors. Um, so the test that I have done isn't a mammogram. Right. That's my personal choice. Yeah. What I do is a lot. Um, it's non-invasive. Right. It's like a thermogram type thing. Okay. With an ultrasound as well, just, okay. for, just to be double sure. Um, and I'm happy with that. Yeah. And I think anyone going through it has to has to go with their gut instinct yeah. so you know the doctors wanted me to take this drug tamoxifen mm. for 10 years for 10 um, years yeah and i just couldn't do it yeah. my gut instinct said no don't Which do is, it yeah the side effects if you read the the leaflet of the side effects mm. i don't know right that there's no way you know yeah. it just doesn't make sense for me yeah. so um yeah, I, I basically just listen to my gut instinct and I have to do what's comfortable for me. That's Some people 
will always want to do yeah. go through the conventional route and that's fine i yes. respect their decision um but for me it just yeah it just and I that's just, all that matters yeah. i think i think that's what it boils down to right because it's your body it's your journey you're going and anything in life because it's very yeah. easy there's so many opinions i'm sure you would have gotten medical opinions friends everything but you need to know how you want to battle yes this during that season so yeah. i think that's only fair for you to do what's right for you yeah. regardless of you know what everyone else is saying and thinking yeah, yeah. well you're doing great lg you. you're doing great i'm just so proud of I'm just so proud of how you've just like, you've just literally turned this into something so positive for your life. Yeah, I mean, I like I said earlier, I think there just wasn't really a, I didn't, I didn't purposely do this. It just kind of. It happened. happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It just, it, I just kind of went that way. I don't know. I, I surprise myself sometimes because I'm like, God, why haven't I ever sort of like, you know, sort of, got angry or yeah. you know frustrated yeah. or whatever but no it just it just kind of just probably the first time ever I've been quite matter of fact about something I'm just like <laughs> <laughs> well it got you through it's getting you through yeah. so I feel like that's that you know the right yeah. mindset the right energy and you're pouring it in to building hopefully something so amazing yeah. well one day I'm gonna be like oh my friend runs her own breathwork clinic because you just never know well I think yeah. when you find something you're passionate about that's that's the main thing yeah. right it's very hard for not many people even know what their passion are like they don't well know. I didn't before this see I really didn't you know I think my my passion was socializing yeah. and you know <laughs> whatever but yeah now now I feel like I, I definitely know that I just, I feel like my purpose is to help other yeah. people. Yeah, and I can see that. Yeah. You've definitely helped me. Yeah. Even just your stories helped me. Um, honestly, oh. I know when I when I put out my first podcast, I was like, a lot of that bravery and strength to still be in Dubai and cope with the change was because I've seen such a good friend go through oh. such an enormous journey and still come out surviving. And I was like, I think I can do this. Oh. Yeah. You can do this. Yes. <laughs> Well, thanks, LG. I think, yeah, you've done so well. I've learned so much, so Thank much. You. I didn't ask you like all those years ago still, but I just feel like I've yeah been able to uncover so much in regards mm. to what you went through and how you felt because, yeah, I didn't, I didn't touch on that during that time. Oh. There we go. You do know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's Talk DXB. Real conversations by real people.